you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. John, the 15th chapter, the book of St. John, very well-known portion of Scripture. John 15, the fifth verse. Dealing with the vine and the branches. And near the end of the sermon, we're going to find something out that most people don't realize pertaining to the scripture. It reads, I am the vine, and you are the branches. If you, a man remains in me, and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. I am the vine. You are the branches. Father, I pray for your word, Lord, that it would go forth with power, but most of all, under your anointing, and Lord, bring education and inspiration to your people, that it would be sediment once again, Lord God, in our lives. And I know a sermon like this, Lord God, it's been upon my heart since I... Since I begin to read it and study it and deal with this, uh, being the vine and the branches, Jesus. And even in my prayer this morning, Lord God, I've already been using this illustration. That's how powerful this uh, uh, portion of Scripture can be. Lord, let us uh, gain knowledge from it, Lord God, and let us become better Christians, better parents, better people, better children, Lord God. We ask it all in your name. And everybody together said? Yeah. One more time, greet one another in God's love prior to your being seated. The title of my sermon for this morning, and I really didn't have one until I was praying for one, and Veto sang, send out a prayer, and I was sending out a prayer, still didn't have a title, so finally I got one, and I borrowed Lenny's pen, because I couldn't get to mine, uh, and so I grabbed it, and I put it there, and the title is Sap or Gap, okay, and you'll understand uh, as I go on my preaching here why I, I, I chose that, Sap or Gap. Because when you ever have a vine, the vine produces the sap. And without the sap, the branch cannot produce nothing. When there's a gap, no production. When there's sap, buku production. Big time production. Uh, you'll be able to perform God's will for your life. Now, the Word of God uses a number of illustrations, a number of types of illustrations and metaphors to explain and also to express the relationship between God and man. It uses illustrations such as the bride and the bridegroom. Okay? It also talks about the body and the head. We are the body and he is the head. We are the bride, he is the bridegroom. The shepherd and the sheep. Okay? Renters and owners, it talks about that. Uh, if you're in the uh, real estate business, hallelujah, it talks about that. Renters and owners. Fathers and sons. Did you hear that one, Esteban? Fathers and sons. Sons are supposed to be obedient. Hallelujah. Huh? Without me, you can't do nothing. Hallelujah. No, I'm just kidding. No, no, no. But it talks about relationship. That's what I'm trying to get at here. And here in John 15, we have the vine and the branches. And the Bible pretty much exhausts all available figures in trying to, you know, accurately describe God's relationship with humanity, with us. Okay? Us and the Lord. Us who are his own. It exhausts all available illustrations in order to get it through our nuggets who he is and who we're supposed to be. 
Uh, we already know who he is. He never changes. There's no variable of turning, a shadow of turning to him. The Bible speaks about it. We're the ones that change many times. Sometimes the branch don't want to cooperate. Many times the son don't want to cooperate. Many times the renters don't want to cooperate with the owners. Hallelujah. Uh, I'm going to pay my rent this week. So what if I was a little late? Hallelujah. Uh, all that stuff. Now, today we will be using and covering God's illustration of the vine and the branches. Thus, my friend, by Christ saying that he is a vine and that we are but branches, he is telling us that we desperately, desperately are in need of him. That's what he's saying. We desperately need him. We need to understand. That's what we need to get to church because we desperately need God. We need to study his word. We need, we need to get in, in prayer in our knees because we desperately need him. That's what he's trying to tell us. He is the source. We are but what? Resources. The branch is the resource of the source. That's what we are. We're branches and we are what? Resources. The branch cannot express itself nor exist for that matter without the vine. It cannot do that. It can't express itself. It cannot exist without tapping into the vine. If the branch, my friend, is to burst out with, with bud, if it's, to, uh, uh, if it's a, to bud, if it's to leaf, if it's to have flowers and fruit, its power has to be drawn from the vine itself. If you want to produce fruit, if you want flowers in your life, uh, if you want a bud in your life, and I'm not talking about bud. This bud's for you, bud, hallelujah. Huh? Then you've got to tap into the source. That is a must. The branch can do nothing of itself. The branch here, okay, it has no sap, no lifeline without, its, without being tapped in to the vine. In other words, the branch has no power to create in and of itself. Yes, it's supposed to produce flowers and buds and all that stuff, but it can't do it on its own. In and of itself, it doesn't, it doesn't create sap. It has to get the sap from someplace else. That's why I've titled my sermon, Sap or Gap. In order to produce fruit, you need that sap, hallelujah, uh, that comes only from the vine. Can't do it on its own. See, the branch's only opportunity and only ability to exist can come only by its association. Understand what I said? The branch, my friend, the only way that it can, you know, and it has the ability to exist, it has to come totally by association. It's association with who? The vine. It must strike up a vital alliance, an association, an alliance with the vine. It has to. Apart from that, the branch hasn't got a prayer. Uh, it, it needs an alliance. It needs an association. It needs a union, if you will. And those are working words. Hallelujah. Union, association. Uh, alliances. See, the human being needs a lifeline connecting itself with God. We need that. In order for man to realize his capabilities uh, and making those capabilities become actualities, man must be spiritually tied into Christ. Uh, you got to listen here, this, this one. Took me a long time to write this. All right, let me read that one again, though. I like it. In order for man to reach his capabilities, how many want to reach their capabilities? And to make those capabilities become actualities, we got to be spiritually tied in to Christ. And when man is wholly and vitally tied into Christ, Christ then enriches and enlivens every area, every area of that person's life. When you're tied into the, to the vine, your whole entire 
being wholesome. Uh, the, every area and every aspect of your life is enriched and enlivened by God. Every area. See, every area will then receive nourishment from Christ the vine. Christ the divine. Hallelujah. He enables man to shine in every part of his life. Now let's look at some of these areas in a person's life that by his or her connection with the vine <coughs> will then be enriched. Area number one that I want to look at is the physical realm. If you're taking notes, I'm going to give you four realms, four areas, where when we're tied into the vine, our lives are enlivened and enriched and enhanced. Okay, area number one is in the physical area. Now, by connecting with Christ, this actually results in true, genuine, biblical, physical fitness. Forget about 24-hour fitness. This is, this, is, this, is, this is physical fitness comes through connection to the vine as well. See, how can we say that by connecting with and associating with Christ, we can count on a better physical fitness? How can you say that in the physical world, Brother Steve? Yes. See, surely and truly, virtue has greater and better impact than vice. Understand what I said there? Virtue versus vice. Virtue means the good things of life. The virtuous things. Okay? Vice, <laughs> many of you know about that one. Uh, see, when those ill and bad habits get their vice grip on a person, we've all physically seen the results. Haven't you? Have you ever seen a guy that has that, that vice grip on him of a habit? Now, for a lack of better terms, I'm going to say we're, we're in Spanish here, and, but I'll translate it, I hope, in English. My mother just look at me and she'd tell me, Esteban, como te miras churido? Okay, good, good, nobody laughed. I didn't get it too much. That's a, that's a weird word. I don't like that, but that's a weird word. Churido means sunken in. Mm. Look, at, look at the way you look, Steve. You're all... Uh, but my mother sees me now, I'm the opposite. Uh, <laughs> uh, but when you're under the grip of a, of a vice, that's why they call it a vice, a vice grip. When your physical being shows it and displays it. I mean, how many of us have come in, and you can tell a guy that's under the grip of a vice. Uh, just, just sometimes, I mean, even lust, you can just look at his eyes. That's a vice grip. Uh, drugs, <laughs> you know, all sunken in. You can tell the results of it. Um, see, most people really don't give enough credit of the influence of the spirit upon the body. They don't. See, spiritual upkeep can more often than not lead to a power more potent and more effective than any medicine that a doctor can prescribe. It can. I mean, you know, since I've been a Christian, I very rarely have I had to go to the hospital or the doctor or whatever. I've had to go a few times. They made me go. Uh, but hey, by and large, uh, what does Mano do? Uh, why? Because the spirit. I mean, I'm 50 years old. I mean, I, I like to try and be dignified. And, but when the spirit starts moving up here, you ever see, you know, you know Renee can see it sometimes. Uh-oh, oh, here goes the pastor. Uh, I mean, and really, and I do all I can to suppress myself. I could get worse. You don't think so? <laughs> I mean, really, we were discussing the other day how Pastor Sonny in his church, when we first started, he'd be preaching. Sometimes we'd be worshiping God. He would jump down out the pulpit and start running around the church. And he'd grab Josie most of the time because he knew she was going to cooperate. 
And they'd go running, and then somebody else would grab Joe, and they'd come right and they'd be a big old line going around the church. We've done that before, too. Uh, because it enhances even your physical being when you're tied into the spirit. Uh, the contented heart can lead to the contented and the preserved body when you have a contented heart. See, connection to the vine can even be a deterrent or even a healer of disease and sickness. It, it, it just happens because you're connected to the vine. Uh, See, get the clean, pure, sanctified spirit of Christ moving through your life and its influence, even on the flesh, must be different from the influences of those unclean spirits of rebellion and evil. Look at Romans 8.11. I'm going to give you quite a few scriptures here today. Romans 8.11. Now, there's ill and unclean spirits of rebellion and evil that'll mess up your body. But there's also the good spirit that'll... Enhance your body. Romans 8, 11, do you have it? It says, And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, uh, there's, there's the vine, and you're the branches, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life or quicken, give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. If the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, dwell in you, he will quicken your mortal bodies. Cha-cha-cha. Uh, he will. Uh, if the spirit lives in you, it's gonna, it means quicken, it means made to live in the, in, in the Greek. Uh, it quickens you. Uh, I didn't expect to preach like this today. Something happened. Uh, I mean, quicken, hallelujah. Because the spirit of God is living inside of me. Now, yes, this verse, along with all the verses around it in Romans 8, these verses do give reference to the rapture. They, that's what they're talking about. And the resurrection of, of the dead. But this verse doesn't just have to apply to the future, to the rapture, to, to, the, to, the, to, the, to the resurrection of the dead. It doesn't just have to apply to the future, but to the here and now as well. You can use this scripture, yes, for future reference when Jesus is going to come, but also for the here and now. For even our physical, human, fleshly, here and now bodies can receive power from on high to give us, dig this, physical fitness. Physical fitness. Now the second area that we want to deal with here with when you connect to the vine, where it can bring nourishment to us, is in our, the mental capacity. The mental realm. The physical and then also the mental. The mind. Mental health, if you will. Mental fitness. We, the Spirit of God will give you physical fitness. Uh, I mean, I like to see those people when they're worshiping God. Mm, mm, mm. Dun, dun, dun. Man, we need to sit and go. Look at the pastor. He looks crazy. I'm sorry. But it also brings mental fitness connected to the vine. Uh, see, the vine also gives mental quickening. Quickening. It'll quicken your mortal body and it'll quicken your mortal mind. And the word best to describe what goes on when the vine energizes the branch in the mental capacity is discernment. Don't, don't, lose, don't let me lose you right now. The best word to use in connection with the vine and the branch in dealing with your mentality is discernment. You pick up discernment when you're plugged into the vine that you didn't have before. Before you go, I guess so. Whatever's clever, Trevor. Fine, whatever turns you on, go for it. Not no more. Now you have discernment. I don't know about staying home on Sunday mornings. I think I like going and learning. 
getting educated. Uh, I, I believe I better go there. Something, something's telling me to come even to the nine o'clock service. Uh, see, that's discernment. You don't get burned as easy. Because I, I, <laughs> I've seen some, I mean, just, I don't know, I, when, especially when we first started our church. People would get saved and they, you know, I remember being in the home one time. And one of the, we have prayer requests every day. And one brother raised his hand, and you've heard me say this before, but most of you haven't. He raised his hand and he says, I want to pray for the devil that he would get saved. <laughs> that's just, that's love. <laughs> and it was John the Khan, my, my friend. Uh, John the Khan, he was about, John was about, what, four foot 11, four foot, five foot maybe. But man, that guy was bad. He was involved with the mafia and all the real, you know, real thing. He was Sicilian. And he came and he, said, and he says, there's no hope for the devil. <laughs> he goes, sorry, brother. He says, but, you, you know, your heart is in the right place. See, so when we first get saved, we want, the, we want good stuff. We want, we want the best. And, you know, but later on, you learn to discern. Learn to discern. Some of these things just can't happen. But now we know better. But in the beginning, I remember somebody had bought a brand new car, and they lent it out to somebody because they got to say, yes, the car never came back. <laughs> learn to discern. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. See, when a person serves the Lord with all of his soul, we attain the opportunity to serve God with all of our mind. Hope, you, hope you, you might have missed that one. When a man or a woman serves God with all of his soul, uh, we attain the opportunity to serve God with all of our mind as well. Look at Hebrews 5. Hebrews chapter 5. Verses 9 and 14. Hebrews chapter 5. Verses 9 and 14. It says there in Hebrews 5, verse 9, And once made perfect or mature, mature, learn to discern, he became the what? Source of eternal salvation for all who believe. Verse 14. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to discern or distinguish from good and from evil. See, whenever the Spirit of God revitalizes the human mind, our mental powers are sharpened. They're quickened. And our judgment is working totally on our behalf now. Uh, we, we receive new judgment. We, we receive a quickening, my friend, of discernment upon our lives. Our minds are, are a lot sharper than they were before. But on the other hand, an unclean, ill spirit will alter and will impair even the finest and rarest of minds. Did you hear what I said? When you have an ill spirit, even you can have the finest, the rarest of minds, but it's going to be impaired. Because you don't have the Spirit of God living inside of you. You ever see some of those brilliant people make some dumb mistakes? Man. And you graduated from continuation, Holmes. And look at those dumb things you're doing, man. Uh, man, and you work at Taco Bell, eh? You're supposed to be bad. You got a job. Uh, aye, aye, aye. See, the temperature and atmosphere that is going on within life, within a soul, will affect and reflect the decisions and the actions triggered by the mind. I hope you understood what I said there. What's going on in the inside will trigger what's going on in the outside. Your decisions, your actions. Thus, my friend, the Spirit of God also breeds mental health. It breeds physical health, and it also breeds mental health. Thirdly, by the branch connecting with the vine, it also produces moral health, moral fitness. The conscience of man 
Then it receives nourishment and more acute awareness. When we're tied into the vine. Okay, moral fitness. Our, 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 the conscience of, of an individual. It becomes more acutely aware of things. Our mind and our, our heart is more easily and readily. We understand that we reap what we sow. How many know that you reap what you sow? But without the Spirit of God, you don't care. You just do whatever you want to do. I used to walk down the street with a bottle of rainy ale. I thought it was nothing. I'd never do that now. What have I said before? If I, if I see a police officer and I'm doing something wrong now, uh, you know, if I get a parking ticket, oh my God! Oh. Oh. And I used to go to jail. It was no big thing. Now, oh my God, no, no, a parking ticket, bad, bad, bad. I don't want them, I don't want them hounding me. Uh, because now my morality has is, is, is evolved. It's been triggered by the Holy Spirit. I understand now I reap what I saw. So I don't park there no more, hallelujah. Uh, well, I think I'm parking a little bit on the red right now, hallelujah. <laughs> uh, see, life choices are ours, and we'll realize that. But the results and the consequences belong to God. When we have the Spirit of God living inside of us, we understand that. What do we understand? That the choices in life are ours. But not the results. Not the consequences. Who do they belong to? God. Because you reap what you sow. You make good, wise choices. You're going to reap good, wise benefits. You make wrong choices. Leaving the home. Leaving too early. Trying to move too fast in Christianity. Those are ill choices. You're going to reap what you sow. Uh, but if you make the right choices, then the choices are yours. But the results belong to who? You can go out there and sin big, but you can't tell God what kind of results you need. No, 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 no. Because you reap what you sow. And the moral mind will understand that and make the right decisions. In life, we cannot go 90 miles an hour in a 25-mile zone. I've said that time and again. But without the quickening by the Spirit of God, we all can have quite a hard time remembering that. We don't understand that. Look at Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 and 22. What did I say? When you go, you can't go 90 to 25 miles zone in life. But most of us, without the Spirit of God in our lives, we don't even, we don't know, understand that. We can tell somebody, you can't go 90 to 25 miles zone. Yeah, all right, buddy. You're a preacher, man. You just, you, you just want to get everybody saved. And they start going 90. What's going to happen? They're going to get pulled over in the Spirit. They're going to get pulled over in life. Ah. Uh, they're going to be in jail saying, man, if only I should have. Man. And they don't understand because they don't have the quickness of the Spirit inside of them. Galatians 5.16, do you have it? So I say, live by the what? And you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Now look at verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is goodness. That's the one I want to read. Goodness. When the Spirit abides in us, our conscience is very quick and very adept, adept, excuse me. We're, we're, we're quickened. We're adept. When the Spirit of God is inside of our lives. See, our lifted moral values help lead us to make higher moral decisions. Because he's, God's living inside of us. What have I said is one of the top definitions of salvation. Salvation means help. What does salvation mean? Help. That's my definition. Uh, you have help now. Once you're saved, once you're born again by the Spirit of God living inside of you, we now have help we didn't have in the past. We are now more readily able to say no to sin because we're aware of its sad, ill consequences. 
And we're more easily able to say yes to righteousness because we're aware of its benefits as well. There's rewards to obedience. I mean, Louis' sermon here on Friday was a good sermon. It was, the content was good. Uh, and I like what he said at the end. He says, when you do what you're supposed to do, God's going to reward you. You need to understand that. God's in the blessing business. God, wants, God is a rewarder than the diligently seek him. God wants you blessed. God wants to reward your life. Uh, the source wants to produce to the resources what they need. Then fourthly, lastly, by connecting to the vine, we enter into a much richer spiritual health. Physical health, mental health, moral health, and then fourthly, spiritual health. Because we're connected to the vine. When we the branches are in union, when we are in association, in spiritual collaboration, if you will, and collaboration has to do with labor, collaboration. When we're in collaboration, collaboration with the vine, we again are acutely aware that this mind, this heart, and this body has no limits. You missed a good one there. When you're in connection with the vine, you understand that we are not limited to our finite minds. We are not limited just to our heart. We are not limited just to our physical being. We have power outside of us, not just inside of us. Remember that sermon I preached two weeks ago about Elisha and the, the disciple? He said... He went out there and he saw the army of the, uh, of the host of the Assyrians. He says, oh my God, they're going to kill us. And he went back into Elisha and he says, we're surrounded. Then Elisha goes on and he says, oh my God. Lord, open his eyes. Let him see they're surrounded. We're not surrounded. Greater is he than all those, the host of uh, the chariots around him, of the angels than, than the people of the Assyrians. See, there was a bigger power out there that Elisha could tap into. That he understood he was not limited to his physical, but there was more in the spiritual realm. There's more power. See, we are not alone. We're not limited to our five senses nor to our body capacities. Not at all. We are able to tap into to the spiritual realm, the fourth realm that I'm talking about here. That we would open our eyes and see that he that is with us is more and greater than those that are against us. Ah. See, we can think big. That's what I'm trying to say here. Because you're not alone. We can think Great things, big visions, and, and big dreams, and big hopes for our lives and for others, the people that are around us. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us on the inside. All things do work together for good in our lives. See, our best is hidden in Christ. Our best is hidden in Christ. But we got to see it. We got to know. We got to understand that. Uh, our sufficiency is in Christ. Our hope is in you, Lord. See, in referring to the branch and the vine, regarding the spiritual life, I mentioned the words union and association and collaboration. Because like I said earlier, these are vocational words. Stay with me now. They're working words. Job words. And when we're working with God, we can by all rights think big. We got a big union. We got union rights. And we don't got a strike. No, we have a big association. Jesus and sons. We're going to knock down these walls. To begin with, that's where we're like De La Garza prophesied on that Friday that he was here. He said, we're going we're to go beyond that afterwards. It's going to happen. But you've got to think your capacity here. You're not alone in this thing. Ah, we can pray and believe for larger things, for bigger, a bigger sanctuary, because God's business is big business. And we need to understand that. 
and in your own life, you can also believe the Lord for big things. No need to settle for mediocrity or second best. And with that, it brings me to the conclusion of my message in the matter here this morning. With the four points that I covered regarding the vine and the branches, we covered our need for Christ. That's what we were covering right now, the four points. We were covering our need for Jesus. We covered how the branch needs the vine to thrive and to even to survive. But now let me end this message with an odd and thought-provoking kind of a twist to this message, okay? Yes, the branch needs the vine as we need Christ. But did you know, my friend, that the vine also needs a branch? A lot of times we don't think about that. Well, I'm going to give you five minutes here. We're going to think about it and then we're going to close. We need him, but he needs us. The vine needs the branch as well. Ah. See, by and large, Christ, who is the vine, can only express himself through his union with man. By and large. Yes, sometimes he can, Steve. But by and large, it's somebody else speaking to Steve. Ah. That's the word of God. And we need to understand that. True, the branch is impotent without the vine. But in order for the vine to produce and to show a flower and a fruit, it needs a branch. The vine cannot produce a, 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 a flower and, and a bud without, without the branch. It needs us. God has chosen to communicate to his world through man. Through the branch. Uh, that's how he's chosen to communicate his love, to express his awesomeness, his, his, his potency to humanity. He's chosen you and I. The branches. Uh, God displays himself to this world through his people. Thus, God the vine has need of the branches. He needs a branch. Whenever God heals a person, he declares his power through that person. Uh, therefore, he needs branches to heal. Whenever God desires to speak to people, he often uses ministers, therefore he needs branches. When the spirit within us desires to express himself, he wants the help and collaboration of his people, his branches. Again, when and if we voluntarily refuse, we silence the king. We muzzle his mouth. That's the biggest, one of the biggest statements you may ever hear. And that's the main statement that I was building to for the sermon. Okay? Whenever you and I, as the branches, refuse to, co to cooperate with the vine, we silence Almighty God. We just put a stop to it. There's a gap. Because we don't want to cooperate with Him. He needs the branches. He needs you and I in order to fulfill His will upon this earth. But when we refuse to do that, we silence the king. Not right now, king. I got things to do, people to see. Girls to kiss. Girls to kiss me. Uh, I got things to go. I got to go do. I got to go about my business right now. I'll be back. Uh, just be there. I'll, I'll tap into the sap a little bit later on. But right now it's gap time. Uh, I got to go shop at the gap. Uh, see, God so wants to reveal himself to your family. God so much wants to reveal himself to your friends, to your co-workers, to, to your fellow students, to your acquaintances. But he has need of a branch. God wants to show others what he can do through a life that is a connection with his life-giving sap. 
He wants to demonstrate the power in the vine. But he needs your branch. In every walk of life, from government to ghetto, from board of education to the, to the board housewife, he wants to express his love. But where is the branch? Where is the branch? Really, we need branches in the school board. We need Christians there. And boy, does this city need Christian uh, in, in government. I mean, I was talking to Pastor Mack the other day about they want to get rid of some teacher or some principal in one of these schools that is doing a tremendous job, but it's become political now. We need men of God, branches in, in, the, in the branches of government. Hallelujah. Uh, where the, all these decisions are being made. Uh, we need that. But God can't move a lot of times. Uh, I mean, we almost got like a twig of a president, tell you the truth. Tell you the truth. Really. Uh, he ain't got no sap. Very little. That's sad. There's nothing wrong with that. There's, I mean, as far as saying, because that's the truth. We need, we, need, we need branches up there in government that are going to make the right decisions. Man, I was just looking at, on TV the other day on C, CNN, whatever. Uh, they were having uh, Pat Robertson. What a speech he was giving at the prayer meeting in, in, in Washington, D.C. He was, he was calling these guys all kinds of stuff. This ain't nothing what I'm saying. And he was in Washington, D.C. where he, you know everybody's going to hear about what Pat Robertson said. Because he ran for president. Uh, but my God, because we need some branches that are going to really be tied in. Uh, down here, from the ghetto to the government. In all walks of life. But where are the branches? See, this is one point that most of us tend to not look at when we're studying the vine and the branches. It's easy to see, my friend, that the branch needs a vine. But most of us miss the fact that the vine needs the branches. A lot of us miss this. We don't understand that. Without the branch, the vine is impotent as well. Ooh, understand that. Without the branch, the vine, who is God himself, is impotent as well. It cannot display its fruit and its flower. The vine needs us as his vehicle to show forth its beautiful producing power. It needs us to show forth its beauty. The apostle Paul, he understood this. That's the reason why he says in Galatians, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I. But Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and died for me. It's not my life. It's, it's the vine. It's the vine moving through me. Jesus says, I am the vine. You are the branches. The branch needs the vine, but also the vine needs us. Have you been tapping into Christ's sap? And has his sap been using you to flower and to bring forth fruit to other people's lives. Okay? Because when you refuse, when you and I refuse to tap in to the sap of God, we're silencing the king. Some of you have been silencing Christ. The reason I know is because we, we haven't been having visitors like, like we should. We haven't been filling this place like we should. That, that's how it's going to get done. You know how we're going to fill this place? By the branches being tapped into the vine. Doing their work. Witnessing. Uh, I mean, this used to be one of the most powerful witnessing churches in the area. And it still is. It still is. In comparison. In comparison. <laughs> Sad to say. In comparison. But we need, to, we need to step it up. We need to be tied in. Because we're going to start knocking our walls pretty soon. Uh, and so we're going to need, you know, to be about our father's business. 
But when you're not doing that, you're silencing the vine. The vine wants to move big time. But we've got to be tight in. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. It's every head is bowed and every eye closed. Spirit of God moving in ministry. I gave you the benefits of tying into the vine. Physical health even. Mental health. Moral health. Spiritual health. But then we ended with a twist. The vine needs the branch. God needs us. Yes, we need him. But we need to understand that he needs us as well. When we're tied into the vine, nourishment and flourishment happens. As every head is bowed and every eye closed, Spirit of God, moving in ministry, and you say, Brother Steve, I, I haven't been plugging into the vine as I should. There's been times where there's been gaps in my life. And I, that's selfishness. Listen, God wants to bless your life. God wants to give you salvation station times, salvation vacation times. But by and large, Christianity is, you got to be tied in big time. Where the sap can come and, and, and touch your life because there's too much at stake. Souls are at risk. We need to be witnessing. We need to be showing forth flower and fruit and bud. But if we're not tied into the vine, then that's not going to happen. I want to pray for those of you that say, uh, I tie in, but I tie in too, too, too little, not enough. Not often enough. Maybe there's some of you here this morning, you're not even tied in at all. You don't know Christ as a personal Lord and Savior. You don't have that help, that salvation. I mentioned earlier that salvation means help. You don't have that help. You're living life on your own. You're spinning your own wheels. You're trying things totally on your own. You're just one branch without any vine. Well, I want to pray for you as well. You can be born again of the Spirit of God living inside of you. Tapping into these four powerful resources. Physical fitness, mental fitness, moral fitness, and spiritual fitness that you need in your life. So as every head is bowed and every eye closed, Spirit of God moving and ministering, you see, Brother Steve, this educational sermon was for me. And I don't want to run from it. I don't want to shun its, its effects on my life because I want to be an effective person. Because I want to be an effective person. Because I want to be an effective person. When you're tied into the vine, you will be effective wherever you you live, wherever you go, whatever you do. If you say the sermon was for me, and I want you to pray for me, Brother Steve. If that's you, I'm going to ask you quickly to stand to your feet right there where you're at. I want to say a prayer for you. Because every head is still back, every eye is still closed. You say the sermon was right up my freeway. And I want you to pray for me, Brother Steve. I want you to end the sermon in prayer, and I want you to pray for me. From all over this place, the sermon was for you. I'm going to ask you quickly to stand to your feet right there where you're at. I want to say a prayer for you. Many are standing, but I believe there could be more. I believe there is more. Every head is bowed and every eye closed. Spirit of God, moving to ministry. He said, the sermon was for me and I want to cap it in prayer. And I want you to pray for me, Brother Steve. Many are standing, but I believe there could be others. If that's you, I'm going to ask you also to join these that are already standing. Let me say a prayer for you. Let me send out a prayer for you. Anybody else, you need prayer here this morning. He said, the sermon was for you. I want to ask you quickly to stand on your feet and join these that are already standing. We're going to say a prayer. Do we know that song? I will give my life to no one else but you. I will give my life to no one else but you. Let's sing it. I will give my life. You don't know it? Those of you standing, I'm going to ask you to sit by their seat and come and stand here at this altar. We're going to pray.
we got some time, I want to ask you quickly to slip out your seat. Come and stand at this altar, we're going to pray. I will give my life to no one else. I will give my life to no one else. For only you can understand my heart. Sing it again. I will give my life to no one else but you. We're going to need some counselors. you to stand with me please and I would petition those of you that know how to pray we need some counselors here this morning there's some people here that really really are in need of your prayers I'm going to ask you to quickly come and stand behind them stand around them and lay hands on them we're going to say a prayer if everybody now is standing stretching your hands forth this way we're going to pray we need some counselors here this morning hallelujah this is the time to be like Paul those of you in the audience I am crucified with Christ nevertheless I live yet not I but Christ lives in me we crucify our selfish desires and live for others. Those of you here standing at this altar, the 9 o'clock service doesn't get this opportunity that often. We have some time right now, so I'm going to ask you to bow your heads right there at this altar and repeat this prayer after me. Say, Jesus, you are the vine. I am your branch. Not but a branch. A branch. I am somebody. But I'm tied into you. I want a taste of the power of your sap, your spirit, energizing, nourishing, and flourishing in my mortal body, in my human being, physically, mentally, morally, and spiritually straight. I thank you for the challenge of this sermon and also its education that the branch needs a vine but the vine you Jesus need the branch you need me to be connected in a communication with you that I would show forth fruit 30, 60, and a hundredfold. 30, 60, and a hundredfold. Fruit that would remain on into eternity. Forgive me of my sins, Jesus. I am sorry. I open up my heart. I invite you to come in. Take control of my life. I want to stay vital communication with you. I want to thrive, not just survive. I need your sap and not a gap in my life. In your name I pray. Let me say a prayer for all of you that are here. Father, I pray for, again, vital union, vital alliance, vital association.
vital communication. Lord, how we need it, how I need it. Without it, Lord God, it's hard to go on. Life is, is more difficult. We're doing things on our own will, striving on our own power. all things through you through Christ who strengthens us and all things will work together for our good because we're tied into you bless you for your power we don't want to be impotent Lord God we want to be full of your power full of your grace full of your goodness full of your spirit full of long suffering Lord God full of joy full of peace full of hope full of faith filled with faith to do great things for a big, big God in our lives and in our corporate life, our corporate church. Lord, we're tackling on a major project. But Lord, leaders need to take people where they won't go by and large on their own. Be with the leadership here, Lord God, that we'll be able to take the people on the realms of faith and you will produce because we're tapped into you. We're tapped into you. And our continents will show and our inner man will show. Father, I sense this is a very important altar call here this morning for those that are here. Blessings, rewards, and results are right around the corner. Right around the corner. Right around the corner. Right around the corner. Oh, let their ship come in, Jesus. In your name I pray.